Welcome to another episode of the Stubborn Heroes, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm the Dungeon Master, and the Stubborn Heroes we have today are Parker, who plays Tyrannus. That's me. And Anthony, who plays Strata the Lorekeeper. Hello. That's right. It's just you two here, because we are doing a special episode today, an origin episode. That's right. Strata is going to get his own origin episode just like everybody else before we start diving into the other ones. So it's about time. I'm sure there's a lot of mystery around your character, right? Right, Anthony? Yeah. Yeah, there has a lot's gone on, so haven't had a lot of time to get into it. For Strata and Tyrannus, the last thing that happened was you fought against the body taker plant, a bunch of podlings who attempted to assassinate Lady Serena Briarcliff. At the very end of the episode, you were having a quick conversation before you went into the inn when Tyrannus got the bad news about Ben's death, became very depressed. The three of you, meaning Strata, Zoe, and Tyrannus, went inside to your suite in the tangling vines tangling vines <laughs> creeping. Tang- creeping creeping yeah. vine yeah into the creeping vines in whatever the oh. hell the inn is called also i think I, after we said it a couple times last episode i think it's grasping vine <laughs> i don't know uh, <laughs> there's a sign outside that says creeping grasping vine in okay and uh <laughs> you go inside into your suites it's a it's a luxurious room uh, Strata, this reminds you a lot of the rooms you had uh, in the old days when you were in college in your dorm room. As night comes, the crowds outside sort of disperse and things quiet down and the only light source in your room are the stars and the blood moon, which is sort of covered by a bit of cloud. Um, you eventually all sleep. But sleep is not a welcome thing tonight, as Strata, your recent fights against tainted enemies has brought up some bad memories. Flashes of a school, floating magical islands and dragons, winged darkness drowning you in black ink. You wake up. From your nightmare. <gasps> Tyrannus looks over. <laughs> I mean, Zoe. <laughs> the innkeeper's there. <laughs> uh, the body taker plants in the room. <laughs> um, yeah, as you wake up and sort of sit up in your bed, you see Tyrannus is up as well. So Tyrannus looks over and says, another wet dream, eh? That's the third one this week. <laughs> I came so much. <laughs> Drenched that inky darkness in my dreams. <laughs> All right. 
Yeah. Origin episodes always end up being the filthiest improv. <laughs> A little gritty. We almost you we almost up. didn't do Cody's because we it took us like four hours to get through like a half hour worth of. And I edited it down to like an hour and twenty minutes. All right. <clears throat> Tyrannus would be uh, sitting up. He barely got any sleep. He turns to Strata. Nightmares, eh? I, I familiar with the concept at this point. Yes. Yes. A lot on the mind lately. I know what you mean. I couldn't get any sleep. I just keep thinking that, well, I hope that Bonnie's wrong and and that Benjamin is still out there somewhere. Tell me, what what's keeping you up? What woke you? I'll kind of get up and look outside. What time of day is it? Is the sun starting to come up at all? Mm, no, it's still night. To kind of look out the window for a second and uh, you know, I didn't always used to look like this. How do you mean? I'll kind of rub his beard. Kind of knock on his head. Say, uh, I used to be a, uh, a human, actually. Then, um, these crystals came along, and now I look like this. I see. It wasn't a comfortable, uh, wasn't a comfortable transformation. And sometimes, when I'm asleep, it comes knocking on my mind's door. So you dream about the past. I've always dreamed of... Well, I'm, I'm not too sure, but I, I, I view it as things that could happen. Hmm. Possible futures. They're always horrible, especially recently with this Arkstone. I really feel like... Things are coming to a head. The world is changing. Looking forward is a good thing, I think. Though it might not feel like it in the moment. You will be ready for what you must face. We will be ready. And he kind of goes and grabs a uh, a bottle from the um, cart, pops it in a couple of glasses, and uh, on his way back he'll just he will put the stuff down on the table by them and strike a match and light a lantern in the room. Lights of the lantern, the soft glow is a welcome sight in the dark, and. Illuminates your faces as you're both now holding glasses of what? What, what kind of uh, drink? Um, he would have made his uh, signature cocktail. Takes it a couple sprigs of juniper berries and a little uh, dash of apple juice, and uh, 
uh, kind of use the, the juniper to kind of stir it, stir it around. And he says, uh, try it, it's, it's good. You know, I've never been much of a drinker. In fact, before yesterday, I, I don't think I ever had a drink in my life. But, like I said, I feel like things are changing, and I, I don't really know why, but... He looks at the drink. Sorry, I'm, I'm making a big deal of this. I, I just, I have a lot on my mind here. Ch- cheers. No, it's okay. Yeah, he'll cheers you. And, um, he says, uh, it's quite honored. I am quite honored to have, uh, shared your first drink with you yesterday. That is not a small, that is not a small thing. Um, but just because things are changing, doesn't mean you have to change with them. The world is, uh, chaotic. Sometimes... Having a center you can turn into. Keeping you... Grounded. That is a good thing. My life changes... Sometimes with the day I find myself in a new place. And... Having these things that are important to you... Make it so that anywhere you can call home. But surely it wasn't always like that. No. Surely you have an original home. Yes. Where was where was your first your first place you called home? Mine was the lighthouse. Mine it it was a farm. I, uh, I lived a very simple life. Simple, simple life. My parents and I, we would get up very early in the morning. We'd go milk our cows. We would till the yard. And, you know, every so often, travelers, they would come by, seek our home for shelter and food on their travels and I would listen to their stories that is there is magic in stories well we have some time right now it's a couple hours till morning tell me one of these stories that you heard I could use the distraction I'll tell you a very important story. My story. I top up my glass. I kind of motion for Tyrannus' glass. I don't I don't top it up without his permission, no. Sure, I'll have another. Okay, look for it. Well It began in the halls of a school in a place very far away from here. At the birth of the multiverse, 
as chaos reigned across the cosmos, there is a place where the Builder's arcane magics coalesced in a way like no other. This magic, which the people of this plane would call mana, merged two outer planes together, light and dark, overlapping in conflicting ways. Many forms of life adapted to the new structure of the plane, and many new forms of life were spawned. Five particularly powerful snarls of overlapping mana became luminous spheres, from which were hatched five dragon eggs. From which were hatched five dragons. Because it would be weird if it hatched eggs. (laughs) The five elder dragons of Arcavius were born from these snarls. And millennia later, with physical forms manifested from the mana, they became known as the Founder Dragons. Although these Founder Dragons were the first to master the magic of their plane, they would not be the last. When the humanoid races arose, the Founders were angered that mortals would try to harness the wild magics of this plane. But after millennia more of war and toiling, they came to realize that only through disciplined study would magic be safe in the hands of mortals. And so, centuries ago, the dragons found an institution devoted to the study of the five mana dichotomies. An institution known as Strixhaven University. The five colleges were based around the magic mastered by each of those founder dragons. To this day, those dragons roam the plain, the five deadly sages of the skies as they're known. They no longer associate directly with Strixhaven, preferring to let the deans of the colleges speak in their stead. The dragon's wisdom is vast, but their tempers can be short. Mages seek them out only to learn the most elusive of secrets of the multiverse. Founded some 700 years ago, Strixhaven University is Arcavius's premier institution of magical learning, drawing promising young mages from all around the plane and the multiverse itself to study in its halls. Strixhaven is divided into five colleges, each with its own campus, faculty, and magical specialities. The mission of Strixhaven University is to discover and preserve magical knowledge, disseminate that knowledge from one generation to the next, promote the free and open study of magic in all of its forms, and enhance the lives of people throughout the plane and the multiverse through the use of magic. Strata. For over 10 years, you being uplifted from a common life as a farmer's son on a world far away were scouted and found to show great potential 
by a mage of Strixhaven. Eventually, you were brought to the school where you have been studying for over a decade, specifically as a student of Silver Quill College, a place established on the principles of eloquence and leadership, seeking to produce leaders who would go forth to guide others and educate the multiverse on magic and the responsible way to use it through stories. The most prestigious place a bard could study. It is a beautiful day like most days on this magical plane, and you sleep soundly in your tower. What does your dorm look like when you're working, when you're uh, in college, Strata? It is messy. There are books stacked on the ground. Uh, there are kind of pages throughout the desk, a couple quill uh, quills. You know, there's an ink uh, well that spilled over some stuff. And, um, uh, but his clothes and everything like that are, are all very nicely hung and uh, put away. It's just his kind of workspace that is a bit of a disaster. This half crystal, half mechanical assistant in your room sort of walks in its little metal legs. A good morning, sleepyhead. Would you care for some coffee, sir? Coffee? Yes, Franklin. Coffee, please. Coming right up, and you'd see in his stomach suddenly his ears start shifting until eventually uh, you, he, you, you see steam start coming out of his rattling uh, belly, which then shifts aside, and there's a hot cup of coffee. There you go. I'll never not be amazed by that, then I'll grab the cup. You take a, a sip as you look around your, your dorm room. You peer over your belongings. Till eventually you notice the clock on the wall. It's 8.45. And your class starts at nine. Oh boy. Uh, he'll kind of, uh, Franklin, move, and he'll kind of push the the robot out of the way as he goes to the uh, oh my the closet, and he'll start throwing things out onto the bed. No, I can't bear that. I can't bear that easy. I did try to wake you three times, sir, but you were unresponsive. It was a pretty late last night. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. This'll do. And he'll throw a nice doublet on with a, the, a cloak around his neck. Look at his beard. Okay, fine. Uh, well, I have packed your lunch for you, sir. Don't forget this. Eh. And he hands you a, a, a bag. Thank you, Franklin. No problem, sir. I will try to clean up before you come back home. Good luck. Good luck to you, sir. As you leave... Uh, running out into the, your dorm hallway, you'd see other students walking around, each with their own assistants uh, as well. Would you like some coffee, sir? Yeah, yes, here you go. Other ones are uh, reading books. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a Quandrix spell. It's a Quandrix spell. Oh yes, sir. That is the correct answer. As each student gets their own sort of personal assistant to kind of uh, work with, and you start running up the hallways through uh, through your dorm room. Until eventually you you run through a portal, which makes you appear down on the ground where you see hundreds and hundreds of students walking through outside 
up different paths, some of them walking into um, uh, a giant maze, some of them walking into other buildings, some of them casting spells to jump into portals as uh, everybody's just like uh, very, very, very busy here. Um, and I'm assuming you're running for your class. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You run through and uh, you see different uh, staples of the campus. You see the Grand Loft Hall, the main Silver Quill building. Uh, it's a vast train station-like space with shafts of light streaking in from the enchanted window panes from above. Uh, you sort of hear the steam engines there as students are jumping onto the train. You quickly run through the uh, Grand Loft Hall until you burst into the Dramarium, which is dark right now with crowds watching students on the stage who are, who are fighting and dancing and, and showing off their martial arts and prowess. You run through and you jump up on stage and you run right through to take a shortcut to the Grey Room. A preparation space where there's tons of uh, food being served. It's like a cafeteria full of delectable dis- delights from all across the multiverse. Pardon me. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. My word. Coming through. Uh, out of my way. Oh. Hey. Oh, you stepped on my... Oh, you son of a bitch. It was an accident. You keep uh, running through. You eventually <laughs> accidentally run through one portal where you end up uh, on a stage. There's a spotlight on you and a bunch of people staring up at you. A circular platform on the campus with a backdrop of roses made of magical ink as music is playing and the ink is just swirling around you. And everybody looks at you as if they're expecting you to perform something. He just kind of poses very dignified for half a second. And then bows and then runs off. Okay. And uh, the, the people... Oh, that was rather strange. What's going on? People are just looking at you as you're running up the uh, corridor. Eventually, um, you make it to the semantics dock where... Uh, there's three portals, you run through the right one, three more portals, you run through the left one, three more portals, you run through the center one, and now you're running up this long hallway um, in this uh, on the side of this huge courtyard, and you see the doors to Professor uh, Velimentov's uh, 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 syllabus class, which is which are slowly closing ahead of you. Um... I will run and then dive through as they. You dive and the store and, and, and the door just closes right when you reach it. But and you get up, but then suddenly the door opens again, and a head pokes out. It is your friend. Did Molly? Strata, is that is that you? I heard a thump. Yes, yes, that's me. What does uh, Duke Molly look like? Let Parker describe him. Duke Molly is a a uh, just under five foot dwarf. Um, he has kind of short, spiky, uh, dirty blonde hair. Um. He's a, uh, he's kind of, he's a little bit thin for a dwarf. He's still stocky, but he's not. He doesn't have a plump figure, um, and he has he has like a piercing, like a gold piercing on his his eyebrow, um, 
and he just has a little bit of facial hair. He's still, you can tell he's quite young still, uh, for a dwarf at least. Um, but he does have a little bit of, like, trimmed facial hair. All right, and uh, Dumali has opened up the door for you to let you in really quickly. And as you let him inside, Dumali, you shut the door. You both sort of scurry to your desk. Uh, the other students are uh, also just settling in. As you're within this class, large window panes, glowing, uh, vibrant lights into the room from from outside are decorated with uh, the five dragons of uh, Strixhaven. There's books littering the walls. It's a, a long room with a um, half circle at the end of it where there's a giant desk and a podium where standing at the podium is your professor. Um, but you guys just sort of settle in. Why were you so late today, Strada? Bill, I, I slipped. My Franklin said he tried to wake me up, but I don't believe I, I would have woken up. I think that uh, assistant of yours is uh, it's misfunctioning. It's no good. It's always getting you into trouble. You're right, Dumbali. I need to have it uh, have it looked at. Um, shoddy workmanship. They give us these pieces of crap around here. You cannot be late for your studies. This is what we're here for. You must study. study I do. That's study. why I'm so late. I... <sighs> yes, I've never heard anybody have so many excuses. A voice darts into your ears like daggers as a drow who sits at a desk near you sort of peers over at you. Albion Ravencrux, a very popular student, one who you have had a rivalry with for some time. And... He just sort of makes the sly comment towards you and then giggles with the other student beside him. <laughs> uh, Shut up, Albion. Yes, why don't you mind your own business? Oh, I'm sorry if I expected more from someone of your background. I thought that your people are supposed to work harder than everybody else. <laughs> you son of a bitch, you know my father. My father will hear about this. He he will speak to your father. My father. Shut up, dwarf. Nobody cares about your father, where he's from. My family has been attending Strixhaven for a thousand years. You are the first of yours to come to this school. I don't care what lordship or kingship your father has outside of this place within these walls I am king <laughs> we worked hard to get here that is that is not a stain on our reputation you're a terrible person yes I'm sure your feelings will really come in handy when you're an orator to a king in some random land far away while he sends out royal decrees, pissing on his toilet. Well, well, your your bloodline is is just uh, your bloodline is just a. Uh, uh, Molly's just frustrated. Oh, quiet, quiet down now, quiet down. As the voice of Professor Velimentov cuts in. Welcome, class. 
Everybody settles in. Oh! To Molly. I, 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 yes, yes, Professor. You will not disturb the class during my lessons. You hear me? I would not want to get you in trouble again. I, I, I'm sorry, uh, Professor. I, I did not mean to. I was just... Uh, he is dis disturbing me, sir. I didn't even say anything to Professor, that, that is simply not true. Um, oh, I have had enough for hearing of your petty arguments. You will have to learn sometimes to work with those you disagree with. Oh. Mr. Strata. Oh. For the record, Strata is not his name right now. Oh, what is it? It's uh, Pavel. I don't think you ever told me that. I'm pretty sure, didn't I say Strata oh, earlier? Oh, fuck. Yeah, you were saying Strata this oh, whole time. Oh my god, I didn't even catch that. Because, yeah. You never told <laughs> us. I even called you Strata, even the robot Pub called you Strata. Pub. I even Pub. called you Strata Pub. in the uh, in the. I intro. know. Okay, go I ahead. Pavel. 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 You will behave as well. Now. Let me begin. This professor, of course. For over 200 years, the Owlin Professor of the Shadow Syllabus, as he's known, has taught students at Strixhaven, who moved on to become the greatest heroes and leaders across the multiverse. He is kindly, wise, and a friendly and forgiving professor. His attire is something to behold as his White and black robes complement his white wizened feathers and crooked beak. Runes of black ink softly coalesce across the robes and circling his wooden staff as well. The head of the staff is that of a dragon oozing with black ink. Pavel, you hold great respect for the professor and have studied his history at the college for some time. There's no doubt he is the most powerful of the faculty, and could even, perhaps, one day take on as Dean of Silverquill College, were something to happen to Dean Shale. The lessons are dry and drag on, as they tend to. He starts explaining some literature, some stories of ancient times and worlds, some that you've heard before, but he tells you different perspectives, the same story told from different sides. With that, you and your good friend Dumali get a bit bored. Maybe you're up to no good. Hey, hey, Pavel. Hey, hey watch this. And Molly is going to cast Mage Hand and just kind of like slap Albion <laughs> the back of the head and then just quickly dismiss it. Oh! He says, and it, his voice echoes throughout the, the hall. Papers sort of fly a bit. He's like, Albion. I, I swear, Professor, I. I. It was too Molly, I know it was. I've had enough chaos in my class. 
Silence from here on out. Albion looks over at you two. Dude Molly winks at him. Dude Molly, give me one of your rocks. Do you have any on you right now? Of course I have some rocks on me. He, he reaches into his jacket and pulls out like four different types of like uh, minerals. Um, one, One's like uh, blue, one's a red color, one's an orange, and one's a purple. Just give me one, doesn't matter. Which one? Well, which one do you want to pick your I, favorite? Uh, fine, the blue one, gosh. Yes, yeah, a sapphire. Uh, I know, take. I know. You've told me before. Um, he's gonna take his mage hand, and he's gonna lift the rock up, and then from pretty high up, he's gonna drop it on uh, Albion's head. Oh! And he passes out on the desk. <laughs> hey, that was your fault. You chose the <laughs> biggest one. I think I went too high up as well. That, uh, I crossed the line. <laughs> Elementov's lesson continues. And you see as he waves uh, his wand and black ink starts swirling in the air around him. The lights begin to dim a bit. And you would just see this swirling black ink uh, creating almost images as he speaks. From the cosmic aftermath of creation, beings of pure light awoke. They were known as the Builders, mega deities, titanic in size and scope, beyond mortal understanding. Each builder was unique, a fragment of their creator's hopes and dreams. Their forms molded and forged by the possibility of what creation wanted to be. There were seven builders that awoke in the endless sea of darkness. They did not have true names, not as we understand it. Their language and means of communicating pierce the veil of sound or distance. Now, sort of steps down from his podium, walks around. Imagine that, if you would. Speaking without language. Words without sound. Starts walking up through the center of the class. Communication on a scale beyond. Words are power. Our existence and hell. Silver Quill College is based on that principle. Stops and looks down at Albion. Then slams the desk in front of him. With his staff. <laughs> Awake, Mr. Ravencrox. No sleeping in my class. Night. <laughs> he looks over at you, too. I know it was you. I'll just kind of give him, like, the sh shrug. Huh? Wait, are you Do guys what? the bullies? <laughs> 
We are talking about something outside the bounds of what we know. Rules outside our mortal brains that cannot be comprehended. Whatever their names were, we mortals are only able to decipher a fraction of it. Names for each builder. Names which seem to forge the foundation of all magical spells. Ever. These names can be found in every somatic spell ever muttered by any wizard or mage ever. Seven total. Every magical rune ever drawn calls upon at least one of these names. Who can name them? Hmm? He looks around the class. And then immediately, are you guys going to try to name some of the some of the words that he's talking yes, about? Yes, Thrata will after a moment. Okay, roll a dex. Who? Sorry, who will? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pablo. Pablo. <laughs> Pablo. Oh, I've been saying Pablo this whole time. <laughs> um. Okay, so uh, so see, we're going to roll competing dex checks so you can who can put their arm up oh, quicker. Boy. 18 for him. Ah, 17. 17. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Albion gets his hand up first. <laughs> Albion. It's Ra. Ra was the first one. Indeed. And you'd see as Professor Velamentov waves his uh, staff, the ink floating in the air, becoming this image of a humanoid with an eagle head. He is known as the mighty Ra, the builder who held the mighty sun disk, which he used to forge the stars, bringing light to the far reaches of the dark cosmos. Ra shone the brightest out of all the builders and was the first to rise after creation. Who knows the next builder? And I'll, I'll, I'll have my... He's putting up his hand again. Uh, Eight. Nine. <laughs> All right, Strata, you get your hand up. Oh, oh, oh. The second one? Um, oh, I know this. I know this. Is it... No, it's not vague. It's Teth. Teth. Indeed. Teth. The mighty two-headed dragon whose wings spread across the universe. And he waves and the ink sort of shows this image of a two-headed sort of dragon. The builder, Teth, infused the planes with raw cosmic power. Organized past, present, and future. Created time and the timelines. This structure gives laws to the universe and he was the second builder to awaken five more and uh there's a student up at the front who just raises her hand and then shouts out way way indeed the ink transforms into the image of a feminine figure 
sitting in a garden. Although the builders were genderless by nature, Wei was the only one depicted in a feminine form. She had four arms and is seen meditating in her garden. It is said this is where life began. From this garden she grew the Gaia, planet-sized creatures that were hurled through space in the cosmos. And you just see what looks like almost like a comet. An image of like a comet floating in the ink. Way would hurl the Gaia through the cosmos, seeding worlds with all manner of life. And she was the third to awaken after creation. Dumala, you raise your hand for the next one. A name that is well known through dwarven scholars. Uh, yes, it, uh... Dumali, yes, you! I, uh, this one is, uh, Hroth. Indeed, Hroth. Depicted as a humanoid warrior, wielding a sword so mighty, it split the universe into infinite fragments in one fell swing. He wielded this power to separate the planes and the realm, bringing order to their still primordial nature, and swore an oath to protect the multiverse from the dark entropy and void at all costs. Hroth was the fourth builder to ride. And the next one? He's going to go put up his hand again, Strata. Right there with him. Six, damn it. Seventeen. Um, Professor, uh, it was Anu. Yes, Anu. Also known as the Great Spirit, the Dreamer was the only builder to never awaken after creation. He was found by the others in an unconscious dreamlike state. And you'd see this image of just like a humanoid man just laying down and sleeping on a table. Which he never rose out of his slumber. While he slept though, Anu made the dreamscape. Infusing all life with an eternal soul through a web of spiritual energy. This would lay the foundation for the cycles of life and death. Two more. He's gonna raise his hand again. Fuck, getting it this time. Um, Stratus gonna give him this one. Who? Natural twenty. Oh, wasn't even trying. Sorry, you didn't beat me. He goes, Mim, Mim, sir, the last one. And he stands up. As if to impress everybody. Mim took the form of a long bearded humanoid holding a scepter. He created the astral plane and connected it and all others within the multiverse. He established the magical laws and with his cosmic power made 
the Librium of Knowledge, which has been lost. A book that represented the creator's love for a continuum of possibility. And he saw all things. In fact, he must have known that we would even be here today speaking about him. As he's saying this, I'm going to look to Duke Molly and just kind of mockingly mouth out what he's saying. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Oh, Mr. Ravencrux, you have truly been doing your studies. Oh, everyone should aspire to be like Albion. Dude, Molly whispers under his breath. No, it all. But, Albion, you would be wrong with the first thing you said. For there were seven builders. We just don't speak of the last one too often. And he waves his hand and the ink just sort of swirls. And all the lights sort of go out and you just see this black pulsating um, inky mess in the center of the room with almost like black tendrils and tentacles coming out of it. Ko. Ko is the most mysterious of all the builders. And if I am being honest, I do not know if it was a builder at all. All of our magical incantations, all of our magical grimoires and tomes simply depicted as a black swath of ink blotting out a sea of stars. Not even the great Librium speaks of it. Its origin is unclear. Either its light was consumed by the void of entropy after awakening, or it was an agent of the darkness all along. Or the darkness itself. Either way, its dark tendrils spread across the multiverse, occupying the space between stars. <laughs> to the layman, this may seem like a terrible thing. Darkness being around each and every sphere, every world and plane and realm. I can see why that may be scary for some of you to imagine. But in truth, this void between the planes acts as a blockade, keeping the realms from merging into one another. So it would seem that Ko's gift from the creation of the multiverse may be the most important of all. The space between stars may be the thing that lets us live at all. Its presence, though, also brings the end of the Builder. As you'd see, the, all the images now in the black ink showing all seven Builders, and then the center one code just expands and consumes all of them. And then the ink gets swirled back into his staff, Belamentov's staff. And that, I am afraid, is where the story ends. The builders vanished without a trace. Nowhere in the limitless halls of Strixhaven itself will you find answers to this mystery. What caused the end of the Age of Builders may be the greatest tale ever told. 
Strata's gonna raise his hand. What's your name? Yeah, you did this to yourself. Pavel is gonna raise his hand. Pavel! Go ahead. Professor, I know nobody knows, but but, what do you think happened? Well, well, some theories that I have, but for me, we see evidence of the Builder's work and their influence. Tales tell that Teth, the two-headed Builder, broke off and became the Dragon God Bahamut. And his brother, Asmodeus. Some say that Celeste, city of Golnaheim, is actually the sun disk of Ra. I believe that there may have been more to the builders than we know. And that Ko was simply an evolution of them. Well, sometimes in order to build a new world... And he looks off to the side. You must tear down the old one. Bells start to ring out. Ding, 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 ding. And that's the end of our lesson for today. The students start to stand up. Now remember, exams begin tomorrow. The results of which will decide if you spend your remaining days as a master of arcane tomes or singing songs for piss-drunk patrons in a dive bar across the Vale. You decide. Professor Velamentov turns around, his staff just clinking across the ground as he returns to his desk. Who says we can't do both, right, Tutmoli? I suppose... Albion simply stares at you both as he steps out and leaves. You guys uh, leave the class and you end up going out into the courtyard. Here we go. Let me uh, bring up the map here. Hey, Dutmole, have you started studying yet for this exam tomorrow? The, uh, which exam? <coughs> the one that he was just talking about. Oh, yes, uh, the builders, uh, the history, yes, uh... Yes, I, of course I study. Insight. What, do you know study? Can I do an insight check on Duke Molly? <laughs> Go ahead. You're lying about study, having studied. <laughs> Roll this uh, against his deception. <laughs> Seven, keeping with... Got it. All three, three. <laughs> for deception. <laughs> yeah. You can tell him what he notices. Um, you could tell that uh, back in class, Duke Molly was, was falling asleep a little bit. Um... <laughs> And uh, now he's just kind of like absent-minded. He's still kind of like waking up, and he's just kind of responding, like remotely to your your uh, questions. Uh, dude, Molly, you know if you, if you do not do well on this exam, they might kick you out. I, ugh, I know, I know, Pavel. I I spent all night studying for my other classes. I'm taking an elective in Inferno. My father says it may come in handy someday. I don't know. I can barely speak it, but I, it's, it's coming along. You must be your own man. Dude, Mo, you cannot keep listening to what your father said. But my father pays <sighs> for this. That's the only reason I'm here. It's hard to navigate these things. 
Yes, it, it may be painful to go through this whole uh, studying, but uh, hopefully uh, we come out on the other side uh, stronger, you know? It's like the old dwarven place. You know. Pain, it, uh, it makes you stronger. Yes, you have mentioned that uh, once or twice. So, we must put ourselves through this pain of studying today. We must do it. Montage! <laughs> Flashes! I'm gonna play some music now. Montage music. You guys are hearing it right now. Oh my god, this is amazing. What are they saying? Take care, business. So, uh, Pavel has glasses on. He never wears glasses ever, but he's got glasses on now. <laughs> and he's standing in front of a chalkboard, and his mage hand is like writing furiously. And, uh, and, uh, uh, Duke Molly's taking notes. And, and Duke Molly is like, he's like bringing a candle over because he's in a dark room because he needs darkness in order to study. He needs to block out his senses. And he brings a candle over and then he like drops the candle and it lights his notes on fire. And he's like patting them out to try and like put them out. <laughs> he's like running around the room trying to pat out the fires. Montage! What's next? What else do you see? Um, they're both just asleep. Uh, their notes are both. <laughs> you're both you're both like ah on your bed and then suddenly your sister Franklin comes in oh hello sir hey hey is it is the exam is the exam day um so you've only been studying for ten minutes no oh. yes. <laughs> he's like an eternity <laughs> what's next what's next what else do you see <laughs> Molly is running across the courtyard. He's like running, he's sweating, he's like pacing, and then he gets to the other side and he's at like a sandwich <laughs> vendor. Yeah. Uh, one uh, ham sandwich, please. Mustard. Actually, he, he looks behind him, he sees uh, Pavel at the other end. He's going, Two ham sandwiches. <laughs> Two ham sandwiches. Okay. Montage! Until eventually you two are just back in that courtyard just outside of class. It's now nighttime. The, the swaths of magical uh, 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 <clears throat> celestial bodies in the sky. There's like five moons and uh, a bunch of very close planets nearby. And you see the, the what seems looks like northern lights just sprinkling as you're sitting there eating your ham sandwiches. You're just sitting on the fountain in the middle of the courtyard. Remind me to take an astronomy class next semester. It's beautiful. Yes, it is nice. Uh, but only if you remind me to take a, a Loxodon class. I want to learn the language. Uh, those things are terrifying. For all the three you have seen in your life. I, I wouldn't want to run into them and not know how to get out of it. You know, you want to want to be able to talk your way out of those situations. They sit on you and they, you die. It's horrible. <laughs> Some types of pain don't make you stronger. I don't know. Uh, sure, I will remind you to take Loctodon class. Whatever. But yes, stars are nice. <laughs> and as you notice, you're the only ones in the courtyard here, and it's it's very, very dark. The, the lanterns around start to fizzle out as it is curfew and students should be in bed by now. And suddenly, 
you both notice a figure, a cloaked figure, approaching Velomentov's classroom door. Roll a perception check, both of you. 19. 20. Wow, you had to one-up me there. Uh, You'd both recognize the robes as being the same ones that Albion was wearing at class today. And as he sort of pulls back on the robe and looks back, you would see, yes, indeed, this is Albion Ravencrux, acting rather strange in front of the door of the classroom. Hey, Pavel, you see that over there? Is that, uh... That's Albion. Is that... Yes, that piece of shit. He's... What's he doing over there? We, sh- we should be going back to our yes, door. nothing's good. I can't imagine. You'd see as Albion takes a wand out of his pocket. And he uses it to trace a five-foot square on the ground in front of the door. And then he waves it, and there's a blue glow of magic, and then suddenly that square sort of collapses in water. And then you'd see as he looks around, he doesn't notice you, and then he leaps in. He seems to be going under the building. Should we investigate? Uh, Yes, I think so. Pavel's gonna get up and kind of in a jog, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I can't move to Molly, but I would as well. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, so you make your way over, and you'd notice that there is actually a stone staircase headed down. This was some sort of secret passage that has been revealed, and it seems to lead to the Undercroft below Professor Velamentov's office. If this idiot is breaking into Velamentov's office. We have to stop him. This, this is not good. We should not be here. We should not be here, but he, he should not be. So, should we, we should stop uh, him? Yes. We, we cannot simply stop. leave. We have, we have left our professor when he is in trouble. I, I suppose so. Let's, let's do it. You go first. Fine. You know, kind of slowly uh, Pavel slowly, slowly start to creep down the stairs. Does it still kind of have like a watery sheen, like in the in the? Buffet? No, it's it's as if he turned the stone mm. into water using the wand. You walk down this spiraling stairs. It seems to go down for quite some time. Are you going through um, stealthily? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay, roll for stealth. Let's see if he, uh, he get caught. We should be very quiet, Bob. Wow. <laughs> both That's nat amazing. You both get, you both are fucking stealthy as fuck. Okay. That's nuts. You both <laughs> descend down spiraling stairs into a huge open area. There are the walls of the map is 100% accurate, but the walls are littered with books. This is the, the library of all libraries. Just There's a, a few, uh, looks like, magical items around. Obviously, some experiments have happened in here. Nothing too uh, crazy, but just uh, obviously these are the really private quarters of Professor Velamentov. 
And as you continue to descend down, you'd hear uh, rummaging. And then you'd look over the corner there as you're sort of stealthily hiding. And you'd see uh, Albion Ravencrux there. And he's going through a drawer and he's moving papers around. He's like, it must be here. Where is it? (laughs) And he puts his hands through his hair and he's like, I need, I must find it. I must find it. I I can't fail. I can't fail. And he doesn't see you guys at all. You guys are like phantoms. What is he doing? He's rummaging through the element of the desk. What? what should, should we stop him? Uh, y- y- yes, but uh, give him a second. So I want to know what he's looking for. If he finds it, it kind of interesting. <gasps> is this it? No. Damn it, he says, as uh, the papers he's holding burn with fire in his hands. <sighs> he just sort of sits down on the steps. If I don't pass, they'll kill me. And he just sort of sits down on the step and holds his ha- hands in his face. He's rocking back and forth. <sighs> if I don't find the answers, I'll fail. <sighs> I can't fail. You can't fail. And he hits himself on the head. Albion. Oh <gasps> he lights a flame in his hand. Who's there? I literally cannot see you. It's like you're invisible. That is okay. Who's there? That is okay. Leave it at this for now. If you want help for the exam, you should have just asked. Pavel? Is that you? Yes. How did you... How... How did you know I was here? You weren't being very secretive about it. You're horrible at hiding, you piece of shit. Fuck, do Molly too! <laughs> you can't... You... Does Velometov know? Have you told him? No. Of course not. Good. I... Thank you for that. What? Why don't you show yourselves? Step out of the shadows. Dumali will poke his head up over the... He just sort of holds his hand up. He's trembling a bit. You don't understand, Pavel. I... I can't fail. Please. You won't fail. What? Why can't yeah, you fail? Good question, Dumali. I come from a long lineage in my family of... Very successful mages who have graduated from this college. If if I fail this exam, I will be the first in my lineage to ever do so. I need this. I must. I must pass. Albion, it's it's okay. Failure is a part of life. You study as hard as you can. And if you don't make it, then that's okay. Sometimes you need to fail. Sometimes it is the the failure, the the pain that makes you stronger. Yes? Roll persuasion check. Oh, I have advantage on persuade. Oh, belt of dwarven kind. Nineteen. Just sort of puts his flame away. 
Well, how, how do I know you won't wrap me out to Velementov? Well, we have seen you in here. We know you have not taken anything. Now, here, here. We have made some very good notes today. We had a good session. You can, you can have them, if you want. Review them, review them tonight. And perhaps you don't uh, tease us anymore. Perhaps. He looks down, sort of takes your notes. <sighs> well, thank you then for this, Pavel. Do Molly. That we should probably go before Velomantov finds out. It's a good idea. He just sort of steps up. Ugh. To think. His whole undercroft here, full of so many secrets. Right at our fingertips. Think of what else we could have found in here, perhaps. I'm not saying that we should take advantage of this opportunity, but... Would it be so bad if we were to just look around a little? Pavel's eyes kind of dart around the room and as they're kind of like walking to the door listening to what Albion's saying he says uh, Pavel says that over there what do you think that is? what do you think he uses it? Uh, a stone pillar with blue arcane runes along each side and it's just sort of sitting on a desk with a bunch of books well, I mean, if we've already broken the rules, what harm is there in finding out? Do you agree? Well, I, I have heard that uh, he has uh, quite the rock collection of his own, so I might be a little bit interested. <laughs> I mean, if we get caught, we'll just say we were here for the answers to the exam. And if we happen to find some other things, then what harm is there? And he picks up that stone and tosses it over to you, Strata. Oh! Maybe we shouldn't really touch anything like that. Maybe it should be more of a, a touch with your eyes sort of thing. Or with this, and do Molly will use Mage Hand and pick up the the stone, uh, like kind of pillar. The moment your magic touches the stone from your Mage Hand, all the runes glow blue, and you guys would feel the room rumble a little bit as a portal opens on the far end of the room. Oh, dear. Molly, why would you do that? Oh, I I did not know oh, what he would do. Oh my God. Oh my, we should most definitely just leave now. Or... Oh, God, I... Yeah, I suppose we should... No. I mean, we? what's the point on... I, 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 if anything, Velometov would respect us, I believe. I mean, uh, is this college not built on curiosity and magic? 
Yes, but curiosity kills felines. But... Sure. But felines also have nine lives. We are not cats. This is ridiculous talk. <laughs> we will look at the portal, but you are still talking nonsense. Oh, we have a strat of... Oh, uh... Pa- Pavlo. <laughs> I cannot wait till your name's Strata. Um... <laughs> Uh, pa- Pavel, if, if you want to just go back, that's fine. I mean, I'm just going to take a look. Cannot. His runes. Look, he was right. They have all seven names of the builders. Oh. Does that not make you curious? Well, if anything, it oh, would be considered se- study. Seven names? It, it even has uh, that last one? Cool, yes. His his name is usually associated with dark magics. I, I I happen to know that the this one here is written in infernal. Infernal. Well, uh, Duke Molly looks at Pavel. I let let me take a look. I I mean I don't know much, but uh, maybe. Go ahead, Pavel. Yes. He at one point was there, but just inching towards that hell yes uh, position. Literally hell <laughs> yes. He's kind of looks like kind of peeking over their shoulders now. What is going on? Dumali will, will go over and, and take a look at the writing in Infernal. It seems to be naming planes of the nine hells. What does it say? These, uh, well, I, I don't know this word, but uh, it looks like it is naming uh, places in the Nine Hells. The plains of... Yes, it, it is. Yes. The Nine Hells. Why would it say that? Oh, I don't know. Why don't we find out, Pavel? Ah! And he pushes you, Pavel, oh. into the portal. Ah! What? Why would you do that? <laughs> well, I guess there's only one thing to do now. We can't leave without him. <laughs> and well, you're coming with me. He jumps through. He grabs. Yeah. Okay, you jump through together. <laughs> you're... you got me. As the three of you end up in this strange, even darker room, you 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 would know naturally as a dwarf, Dumali. Wherever you are, it's even deeper underground. Like, you guys are really, really deep. And this room doesn't seem to have any other entrance or exit than the portal you just came in from. So whatever's in here was meant to be hidden and never meant to be detected by anybody up on the surface. The room seems to be full of an assortment of powerful magical artifacts. Tomes that uh, seem to burn with fire and screaming souls coming out of them. You see magical gems that uh, zap with energy onto some plants that just die, wither, and then are reborn perpetually. You see in the center of the room is a floating green orb. On the far end, you see a giant telescope that seems broken and under repair, but there's like crystals and magic all, uh, and magical runes all infused in it. You see entire bookshelves full of magical tomes and grimoires that are literally locked by key. <sighs> Look at this! Now imagine if we had just left, we wouldn't have 
stumbled upon this. I knew the professor was hiding more. It... This place is very deep underground. I can feel it. I'll be in a hit state, but you're right. I'm glad we have seen this. We, 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 we should study what's around. Go, spread out, spread out. I'm going to look at this telescope. What would you guys like to investigate? Molly will... will... I guess check out maybe these like any of the desks in the in the room to see if there's any like little uh, trinkets or anything. Oh, on, there's on the tons desks. of them, different stones and uh, necklaces oh, yeah. and talismans and all sorts of yeah. things. Yeah, he's looking for the stones in particular. Add to his rock collection. Strata, you're just sort of awestruck and stuck still, and then you look ahead and you'd see the green orb floating in the middle of the room. But then you'd hear a soft sound. Like a humming. You look to your right and you'd see a floating pink crystal held in a containment field. Magical runes encircling it as it just sort of floats there and shimmers pink. to kind of he walks like a couple steps forward and then he notices like the humming in his ear and he spins around and kind of gets sort of tunnel visioned on that and he walks forward eyes wide kind of looks up at it as you walk forward suddenly you meet the barrier of the containment field (laughs) And you put your hands on it and just sort of shimmers with energy where you touch. And you just continue to hear the humming as if something is calling to you. My God. This telescope, if I'm not mistaken, this, this belonged to Mordenkainen, a, a, a powerful multiverse traveler. I... I I can't believe the Velamentov would have such a thing. Are you sure? I guess I, I'm almost, I'm almost completely certain. Ah, that professor was clearly holding out on us. Ah, I'm so glad I dragged you two into this. I would not say dragged. We followed you. Oh, yes, I totally had no idea that you were in the courtyard and saw me sneaking in. <laughs> Don't pretend to know what you're doing. You are a fool. Tut- a fool? Tutmoli, what do you think of this crystal here? Have you seen anything like this? I've never seen a crystal like this before. Interesting. This is... This is quite the artifact seems to be a shard of uh, something else, uh, an elemental. It, it has some kind of connection to the to the astral sea. Do, do you think it's alive? Alive, eh? I'm, I'm not quite sure. It seems to be humming with some, some, some sort of, yes, perhaps life, I don't know. In... Very strange. Primordial. Um, Pavel's kind of j- 
almost kind of feeling like an idiot doing this, but he's just going to say, Hello? In Primordial. It's quiet for a second, but then you'd hear, Hide! Look at Duke Molly in my eyes. Why did you hear that? The portal begins to wobble. We have to hide. Albion, hide! Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Albion uh, Dumali runs will dive into and hides him. behind the telescope. Dumali will dive into the, uh, the bookshelves. Yeah, same here. As stepping through is Professor Velimentov. <sighs> Looks around. For approaching the crystal. He moves a single clawed finger against the barrier. As suddenly as he starts to walk around the barrier, Strata, you feel like he might walk up and notice you hiding behind that bookshelf. But then the green orb in the middle of the room begins to blink. He immediately turns his attention to the orb and steps forward, waving his wand as black ink sort of activates it. When he does, the green orb explodes. In a cascade of green flame, the smell of sulfur would fill and illuminate the room. Just this wicked green glow upon the Professor Velimentov. Glacia. He speaks in Infernal. Who can understand Infernal? Is it just you, Dumali? Yeah, I can understand basic Infernal. Okay. Dumali, you can hear what's being said. To you, Strata, it's just nonsense, but Dumali can sort of whisper through the bookshelf pretty much what he's picking up. Glacia. You'd see coming from the flames is a feminine form. Over ten feet tall. Within the sphere. Burning green eyes, this silhouette of shadow with large wings and horns upon her head and her own large staff. She walks forward. Is it ready, Velimentov? You try my patience. I have extracted the crystal and confirmed its ability to travel the multiverse. But it is yet to be proven to work on a celestial plane like you requested, Archdevil. The flames grow even brighter. Time is of the essence, Owlkin. Do not forget who placed you in such a position of power in your little school. I do not. 
good. And you will ensure that the crystal is brought to me. As the telescope that was being worked on falls over. The image of Glacia sort of turns a little bit. It seems you are not alone, Professor. The green fire in the image completely disappeared. Now just the green orb in the middle of the room. Velamentov steps forward. And then looks around. Show yourself! It's... Uh, it's me, Professor! It's me! Hi! Uh, do Molly's, like, looking... Uh, through the bookshelves at Strata, just with, like, wide eyes. Just being like... What do we do? This... Okay. Um, it's gonna just kind of wait for the, uh, if, if somehow, hopefully, if Albion can be, like, escorted out, and then they can kind of leave as well after Velamentov's gone, that would be ideal. Kind of what's going through Stratus. Albion, what are you doing here, boy? Uh, I'm sorry, sir. It, It wasn't my idea. Do Molly and, uh, Pablo... Do Molly and Pavel made me do it. They made me. Excuses again. No, sir, please, please don't fail me. I didn't mean to eavesdrop. I promise you. I promise. Come here, boy. Don't worry. Don't worry. Come here. Uh, where are the others? I, um... And he sort of makes eye contact with you, Pavel. He was going to tattle on exactly where you are, but remembering how you were kind to him and remembering the study notes in his pocket, for the first time, Albion Ravencrux sort of shakes his head. I, I don't know. They got lost. In the other room, uh, I was the only one who came this deep. Good, good. Good to know, Albion. You are a talented mage. Just breathe. I'm so sorry, sir. Just breathe. It's okay. It's okay. And uh, Velamentov pats him on the shoulder, and he just keeps his hand. And then he goes... Just breathe, breathe. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yes, there you go. These will be the last breaths you ever take, you sniveling little shit. He sticks his hand directly into his throat. Digging his claws in, he he drops his staff and sticks his other claw in as he stares at him, choking and moving. You can see Albion's reaching, trying to grab it. Suddenly, dark ink flows out of Velamentov's aura, sinking down into the throats of uh, 
of Albion who starts choking on it as he's bleeding. <laughs> breathe, boy! Breathe! Then he drops the body down on the ground. Oh, what a shame. He turns. You can come out now, boys. Ava will slowly stand up. Oh, don't make this more difficult than it needs to be. He slowly reaches down and picks up his staff. I did not put you in this position. You did this yourselves. Ready to do it, Molly. Come out, boys. I, I do not think we have a choice here. Pavel is just gonna bull rush him. Just run straight ahead of football tackle. Okay, roll initiative. A 12. It's a 10 for me. Wow, a nat 1 on my initiative. <laughs> You bull rush the fuck out of Professor Velamentov. He's just standing there, the black ink leaving the throat and body of Albion, whose body seems to decay and, like, become gaunt and, and starts to sort of rot there, as if he's absorbing the young elf's life into his own body. And then you come darting out, Strata. Um, so... Turn order is Strata, then Dupmali, then Velamentov, Professor Velamentov. Go ahead. He's going to attempt to tackle him to the ground. Grapple him. Let's just do competing. Make it easier. Nat 20. Natural 20. Okay, you run up and you grapple him. You grab him. <laughs> oh, Pavlo. Oh, my God. I I'm so sorry. Pavel. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, Pavel, what are you doing, boy? Dude, Molly, figure out how to get us out of here. I've got him. Okay, um, legendary action, shadow slip. Velamentov, suddenly as you're grappling him, becomes an inky cloud of shadow. He moves up to half of his flying speed um, without provoking opportunity attacks, then resumes his form. During this movement, he can move through creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain, if he moves through a creature, it must succeed on DC 19 constitution saving throw or become mm -hmm. blinded. So, uh, you have to roll a uh, constitution save, DC 19. As he becomes this inky shadow, flows around you, you start coughing, you 14. fail, you're now blind. Great. You're now blind until the end of your next turn. Okay. And then he just like appears right here, just uh, about five feet away. Poor boy. Next is your turn, Dumali. Uh, Dumali's gonna stay in the bookshelves, but from where he is, he's going to cast Confusion on Velamento. Okay, go ahead. So you have to make a DC 14 wisdom save. Natural 20. Oh, my gosh. Um... <laughs> 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 you go to cast uh, Confusion on him, only to feel that uh, your spell fails. Velamentov stares at you darkly with his eyes and then shoots 
an ink lance towards you. Um, 15? Or sorry, that's, yeah, 15 to use, AC. Hold on, can I that use uh, um, cutting words? Or uh, you have to be able to see the attack? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't see. Actually, actually wait, I can I can use a reaction to that. Okay. Um, display this. I can use silvery barbs. Oh. So I magically distract a triggering creature, uh, turn its momentary uncertainty into encouragement. So you have to re-roll your d20 and use the lower roll. 12. 12 days. So it does, it does not. So you try to cast Confusion. The magic completely fails. He looks at you. He shoots an ink lance at you. You use some magic to stop it from uh, hitting, and it instead bursts into the bookshelf beside you, which explodes. Books go flying everywhere. <laughs> nice try, Dutmali. But dwarves were never meant to harness magic. He's racist. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. Kind, kind of. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna use that silvery barbs. I can. So I gave him disadvantage. I'm gonna give the advantage to uh, Pavel. It's kind of like I, I like push the advantage in a different direction. Yeah. Is that the end of your turn? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is. Okay. So he's gonna use um, legendary action, a claw on you, Strata. Pavel. He's gonna use a claw on you, Pavel. Twenty-eight oh, yeah. to AC. You're racked with despair, and you have disadvantage on attack rolls until the end of your next turn. You take nine slashing damage. But Molly, why did they come here? This was horrible. You're blind, and you're just <gasps> full of despair now. And now it's his turn. He's going to make two ink lance attacks towards... Uh, actually, yeah, two ink lance attacks towards Dumali. So he, he waves his, his staff as, uh, you know, sharp sharpened... Lances appear out of ink and go flying towards you, Dumali. 15 day C. That hits. And 20 day C. Also 14 hits. necrotic damage and uh, 11 necrotic damage. <laughs> You're hit. <laughs> Scream, boy. It brings me such pleasure. And then he's going to claw attack. Uh, you again, uh, Strata. 23 days, see? Pavel. Pavel. 10 slashing damage. Okay, that's the end of his turn. Next is uh, Strata. At the end of your turn, Strata, you're not blind anymore. Pavel. 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 At the end of your turn, Pavel, you're not blind anymore. Uh, okay, good. Good. That is my... Oh, uh... I know you have, like, stacking disadvantage, but one of those disadvantages is countered by my advantage I gave you. <laughs> disadvantage, disadvantage, advantage. I'm going to use uh, Vicious Mockery and... Um, Do you have to be able to see? Fuck! Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm used blind. to I'm used to rolling to hit being disadvantaged and so, yeah, okay. Yeah. Alright, yeah, well, uh, mm, eh. So it fails. Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna healing word myself. Uh, first level. I don't think I have to... Do I have to be able to see? I mean, okay, yeah, it's got to be a creature I can see, but, like, really? Really? If it's myself? Uh, I'll leave it up to you. Uh, yeah, I'll allow you to heal yourself. That's fine. Uh, How adorable. Have I not taught you anything? You must know when to fight for your life. 
and you, you can fight for no one. Is that the end of your turn? Um, yes. Actually, n- no, that was a bonus action. Ugh. Yeah, that's the end of my turn. Okay, as your turn ends, suddenly you can see again. And uh, legendary action. Shadow slip. I'm going to move through you, Strata. And then I'm going to move right up to Doom Molly. Move through him and then back five feet. So you both have to make DC 19 constitution saves. As I slip into an inky black mass again, fly through both of you to blind you. Eight. I'm so close. Pavel. 18. Pavel, you fail and with an eight, and then uh, Dubali, you fail with an 18, not 19, unfortunately, so you failed. Do you see it? The darkness that will consume your soul. You should never have come here, boys. To think I saw you as some of my greatest students. This is disappointing. Would not like to be taught by someone kills their own students. Shut your mouth. You will speak when I let you. That's the end of his legendary action. It's your turn, Dumali. So the the only spell I have that I can use that doesn't rely on sight is slow. So I'm going to cast slow on Felomentog. It says you alter time around up to six creatures of your choice within a 40-foot cube. It says nothing about sight. Okay. Uh, wisdom save 14. I rolled a 14. So I pass. Um, hold on. It's my turn, so my reactions reset, so I can use silvery barbs again. Okay. Hold on. Let me pull it again. Uh, yeah. When a creature uses attack roll, ability check, or saving throw. So re-roll. Uh-huh. 25, so well, the 14 still passes. 14 still passes. What are you even doing with your hands, dwarf? <laughs> are you trying to hit me with a spell? <laughs> your death throws are quite amusing. You should spend that energy praying to your god. At the end of your turn? Yeah. Dude, Molly just like is wordlessly like sixteen to AC. That hits eight piercing damage, and you're racked with despair, and you have disadvantage on attack rolls until the end of your next turn. Great. That was my legendary action. Now it's your turn, Strata. Oh wait, is it my turn? It's your yeah, turn. My turn. Yeah. 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 Okay. Dominate monster on Dumali. <laughs> oh no. I'm going to beguile and control you, Dumali, as the power of the dark syllabus enters your mind. You must roll a DC 19 save. Uh, DC 19. Oh my god. Uh, what is the wisdom, right? Probably wisdom. DC 19 wisdom saving throw. 25. You son of a bitch. 25. (laughs) Nice. You will kill Pavel. You will betray your friend. Now go, boy. You just hear this voice while your eyes are black with ink and dark. 
kill him. Bring me his head, so I may add it to my collection. I will do no such thing. You cannot control me, Velamentov. Dwarves and their hard head, so difficult to penetrate. So be it. And that's the end of his turn. It's now your turn, Strata. Pavel. It's now your turn, Pavel. Okay. Pavel will hypnotic pattern. Um, 30 foot cube, he's going to place it just, oh, you can't see that. Um, just kind of in the corner so that um, yeah, you are blind. Nope, not anymore, right? At the end of this turn, you're not blind. Remember, I, I used the syllabus. I, I use. I did it again. I blinded <laughs> you again. <laughs> you poor boys came into my lap to attack me, to steal from me. At this point, he's too. I think he's just gonna do it. He's just gonna cast hypnotic pattern. Just drop a because he doesn't have to see. It's just a cube, so he's gonna try his best okay. to get uh, get him in there. Um, Wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, they're charmed and well charmed. They're incapacitated and have a speed of zero. Okay. Just roll a uh, quick perception check. Okay. For me. And that will decide on how much you're hearing. Is where, yeah, no, you're definitely going to hit Dumali too. So, uh, DC 15 wisdom save. Dumali, you have to do one too. Uh, that's a 16. That's a 29. We both pass. All right, well, you don't have to brag. Yeah, he's just kind of flailing wildly as he's casting this, not really aiming anywhere. <laughs> and uh, is that the end of your turn? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, I have tolerated the toiling politics of weak-minded and unambitious members of my faculty. Eloquence and leadership is what Silver Quill aspires to be. Yet the tales of good always winning over evil. So boring. We never hear the other side. Glacia has given me a chance to forge a new fate. The world she envisions and the universe that will birth from it will be the greatest story ever told. As he explodes in shadow again, but he simply flies right over here to the other end of the room, away from you guys. You have shown prowess, both of you. Perhaps I was being too harsh, although I did enjoy killing that Snot-nosed little elven boy. Perhaps I need not kill you. Join me instead. Together we will serve Glacia. And we will bring about the Hell Breach. That is not... Aid me. Ips. No. I do not know what this Hell Breach is, but I want no part of it. And you are going to get taken down by this administration, and we are going to report you to the Dean for what you have done here today. So noble. But tell me, 
as he waves his uh, wand and the por the only portal in or out completely disappears. How would you ever hope to do that? Kind of eyes looking around the room. And that's the end of uh, his legendary action. It's now Dumali's turn. You're no longer blinded. Okay, but you do have disadvantage on attack rolls. Okay. Dumali's gonna... He's gonna cast Erupting Earth <laughs> at, at uh, Velamentov. So you see, like, the ground underneath Velamentov just, like, explode in, like, a fountain of, like, earth and stone. Yeah, he just sort of flaps his, his wings a bit and floats a little bit uh, as he get, rolls a 24 there, bud. Mm -hmm. I take half as much damage or what? Uh, yes, half as much. Which you rolled <laughs> oh like shit. Oh my god. So yeah. I take four damage. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, or bludgeoning damage. Oh, that actually hurts. But the ground <laughs> is difficult terrain in that in a 20 foot, whatever. I take that as a no from you as well, then. Molly. I stick with Pavel. I am not following you and your devils. That's the end of your turn? That's the end of my turn. How disappointing. So be it. You'd see as... He places his staff into the ground. The ground, which is still rumbling and shaking. And then suddenly, coming out of the dragon statue at the end of the, on the tip of the staff, is just a sea of black ink that then surrounds Velamentov. He waves his hand as a large, dark book appears in his hands. The pages begin to flash, made of ink. And then his eyes glow green as he begins to read from his dark syllabus. He slams his staff down into the ground again and shoots an entwined burst of blinding radiance and unnerving shadow in a 90-foot cone. Each creature in the area must make a DC-19 constitution save. Uh, 21. Uh, that's an 11. <laughs> okay, so... First of all, on a failed save, a creature takes 20, er, sorry, will take radiant damage and psychic damage and is blinded. Wait, wait, have I, my turn just reset. Yeah. Silvery barbs again. I'm going to, I'm going to re-roll. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to try. Nice. 20. 20, son of a bitch. Nice. So you both take half as much, so 20, uh. Sorry, you, so you take 10 Radiant Damage and 10 Psychic Damage each uh, other. I'm bad. I'm looking almost, yeah, pretty bad. As he reads Dark Syllabus, this wave of dark and, sh and, and radiant light just blasts the both of you. The end come. Darkness is falling upon you. Do you feel it? Give in to the dark. May your souls be fodder. Four glaciers coming. And that's the end of his turn. Go ahead, Strata. Pavel. Go ahead, Pavel. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so he's going to uh, run back here. And he is... He's going to kind of say it out loud to himself. You have helped me once today. Can you help us again? And he's going to try to um, 
kind of just bang on the the barrier. barrier? Yeah. You attempt to uh, roll an arcana check. Natural one. You go to bang on the barrier. <laughs> you're zapped back. And you go flying back 10 feet. You don't take any damage, but you go flying back 10 feet. Okay. Um. Do not touch that, you little rat. It is power beyond your ken. Yeah, he's, uh, he's going to kind of just use the rest of his movement to stand up uh, from being knocked back. Yeah, panic at this point. No way out. Okay, legendary action. He's going to use uh, summon inklings. I roll, I, I summon 1d4 inklings to come and assist me. Okay, I rolled a two. So two inklings. They seem to appear here and here, right next, near you, Strata, as they emerge from Velamentov's staff. Kill them. Velamentov now has uh, advantage on attack rolls and saving throws. Go ahead. Uh, that's the end of the legendary action. Yeah. Do Molly's yeah. turn. Go ahead. Okay. So, Dude Molly sees that Pavel's trying to get to the crystal. Um, so he's gonna try this. I don't know if it's gonna work. Pavel, you you you're trying to get to the crystal. Will it save us? It helped us before. I don't understand it, but it's last chance. Let me let me try this. And Dude Molly is going to cast Vortex Warp on Pavel. Explain. Explain what that does. What it looks like. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dude Molly like holds out his finger and like points at at both Pavel and where he's going to teleport Pavel, like over oh, to the wow. crystal. So behind the see, barrier. Yeah, and so you see just like the space kind of warp around. Yeah, and just Pavel. as that's happening, just to let you know these odd, creeping, inky sort of entities start creeping up towards you, uh, Pavel, and they're about to grab you, but then, what happens? And you see the the space just kind of like shift and like warp around Pavel, and it's like he's almost like eaten up by space itself and like disappears and then you see the space bend and change around inside the barrier, and he reappears. Pavel, please, save us. Get us out of here. That's the end of your turn? Yes. Um, I don't, can't use legendary action because I summoned the Inklings, but now it's, uh, now it's his turn, so the two Inklings are gonna go. And they're going to both turn their gaze towards you, Dubmali. And they completely surround you. As you're suddenly consumed by ink by an inky mass, they're holding you down. Their ink is moving into your mouth, holding you down. <laughs> and then Belamentov uh, approaches the barrier. Do not touch that. It is not yours to wield, boy. You will tear yourself apart. He uses a uh, inky lance to stab into the barrier, crashing through it. 
and now he's inside with you, uh, Strata. And you're both standing there on each side of this crystal. If you touch that, your friend will die. And you see right behind Belamentov that Dutmali is being smothered to death by Inky Shadow. <laughs> Leave it be, and I will let him live. Um, Pavel's just gonna kind of see the scene behind, and he's gonna say, Dutmali, just hang on one more second. And then in, uh, Primordial. There we go. Uh, he's going to say, Please, you have to help us. And he's going to touch the stone. No! And he reaches forward with his clawed hands, and but then you touch the stone first. Time seems to stand still as everything seems to absorb into the stone. All of the pink and glowing light within it dims until the crystal just becomes completely clear, opaque with a small little pink spark of energy within. And then it explodes. Velamentov in slow motion uh, calls forth a shield of inky black shadow that protects him as he goes flying across the room. Dutmali and the other sh- uh, disappears under all the shadows that are around him. The crystal exploding causes a vortex of magic that just seems to spew out arcane bolts of energy that are exploding in all directions. And you, Strata, you feel as the crystal starts to shatter and then move and then almost move like it's a solid, but it's moving like a liquid in very quick and violent movements. Like, as it moves up your arm and you watch as your arm starts to change shape. Your skin becomes stone. The hairs on your head and beard become crystalline. All the hairs on your head fall off. No! As your beard becomes crystalline. You're like Professor X. And, uh, and you feel as if your heart starts suddenly stops beating like it becomes this big heavy diamond and then suddenly it starts to beat you become almost one with this crystal that moves all around your body Velamentov is there holding up this dark shadow as he's looking at you no what have you done you will not take it from me he launches a shadowy lance towards you feel a presence around you waiting for you, Strata. Waiting for me. He's going to just kind of close his eyes and he's just going to say in uh, Primordial again, please take us away. Not here. Then finally the Shadow Lance approaches and it comes towards you and it stabs you in the shoulder and then he's holding the shadow lance in your shoulder and then starts putting his clawed hand slowly towards you he's going to try to cut your throat and then suddenly you begin to glow a bright pink No! and then you disappear in almost like pink sand 
you open your eyes and look down, you'd see that you're bleeding from your shoulder. And you're floating. Weightless. As you're floating in the astral sea. Does he do Molly, do I? No, you do not. You look around, you're confused. You see swirling stars and galaxies just whizzing by, but where you are is almost like a river amongst the the sea, just observing everything else moving so fast around you. You're slowly floating. Did Molly, where are we? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not there. <laughs> Did Molly? No response. Is there anybody here at all? Where am I? You'd look down, Strata, and that's when you'd really truly realize that your your very body has changed. Crystal that moved like hard liquid around your body has been embedded into your very physical form. You've become like one with it. And the crystals along your arm sort of shimmer as you see a giant comet floating ahead of you. He'll sort of do the like hands in front of the face, like really? Is this me? And he'll just kind of shout like Hello! Hello! There's a boom as you're pulled into the gravity of the comet, slowly floating towards it. So we finally meet. Hello, Pavel. Uh... What do you mean? I heard you from across the veil. Was that you? It was. You are in the astral sea. I am Ayun. I am sorry. I could not bring your friend. He is lost in shadow now. Okay. He'll be. Thank you for saving me. You are still in danger. Please, let me help you. As we pan out of the astral sea and return back to the Creeping Vine Inn in Briarcliff Gardens. And so, Ayun, she saved me. You met her. From there, she... She has helped me jump from world to world whenever... Elementov gets close. And, uh, you know, I have since changed my name since that Pavel is gone. There is no more Pavel. 
that Molly always loved his rocks. And so I have chosen to name myself after the the record keepers of the rocks. The strata. The layers they come in. The strata tell you a lot about the world. And I wish to be that for everybody else. And eventually I have ended up here. And I've ended up with the six. After a very chance meeting in the Jade War. That's quite the story. Yeah. I had no idea you were running from your own demons. What else could you call them? This Velamentov. He's still actively searching for you. And now I understand. He is. I, I don't know where he is. Then he will show up again. And... You know, I was feeling, I was feeling safe, Pissy Six, but we are not so, we are not in such great numbers anymore, and I'm feeling a little bit more vulnerable. I hope we find money. Well, I think with everything that's happened, we don't have a choice anymore. We need to find Bonnie. Okay. It's, um... Uh, I don't often tell my own story. So... It is almost, uh... Like, uh, you know, this therapy. You you remember the things and you talk through, the, through them. And it helps you put a bit of perspective in your life where it needs it. I'm happy to be where I am. Well, I'm grateful you shared it with me. And I'm also happy that you are where you are. Strata will um, stand up and offer his hand to shake Tyrannus. Tyrannus shakes his hand. And with that, we pan out of the inn, out of the window. As the sun begins to rise in the morning on the new day of Briarcliff Gardens, we pan off to a mysterious land far away where a portal opens, an inky black pool emerging. And Velamentov looking on the horizon of this strange new world. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Oh, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. That was fun. Now we get to know the origins of Strata. It's very good. Pavel. <laughs> Pavel. I never am going to call you Pavel no, he's ever dead. again. Pavel's gone. It's really... <laughs> he's, he's dead. He's gone. Good. <laughs> Uh, but he would call you Pavel, though. That's the problem. That's true. So That's I am going to call you Pavel. Thanks for that. <laughs> That's great. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all social media at Stubborn Heroes. Follow me on social media at Omidius, O-M-I-D-I-I-O-U-S. And until next time, bye. Bye. Adios.
These are the things I know Never let your woman go Never break her heart Oh, but where I come from There's only miles of broken roads Only love that'll never grow It ends before it starts things I know 
Never let your woman go And never break her heart 